thank you for the word of God. We thank you for blessing us each and every day. Father, we thank you for watching over us, speaking to us, leading us and guiding us in all, all truth, filling us with your spirit, Father, filling us with your power. We thank you for all the promises of God. And Lord, we thank you for the, the service tonight. We thank you that our hearts would be receptive, Father, that our minds be renewed and our bodies would be healed. We thank you for blessing us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We'll continue there tonight. So we've been talking about prayer as we finish up the book of Ephesians. You know, sometimes, we, and we've done this really in all of these studies, so we do a verse-by-verse study on Wednesday nights. But there's a lot of rabbit paths that you can take uh, on all of these studies to, to look at some specific uh, um, topics in depth. And so Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Uh, and so in other translations said, with all kinds of prayer or all manner of prayer. So there are different kinds of prayer, uh, uh, praying that we can do according to the word of God. And it's helpful to, to do a study on the different types of prayer, what their purposes are, why do we use that particular kind of prayer? Uh, and, um, you know, are there any guidelines for that? And so, uh, you know, the, the Word of God has a lot to say about prayer. And so, as you know, as we study these things, of course, we'll look at them specifically, but, you know, it, it, you don't have to be super legalistic, like I can only do these things in this prayer, because a lot of times in a given time of prayer, you may pray several different types of prayer. So you may do some prayer of faith, you may do some prayer of intercession, you may do some worship. Uh, so it's not, we're not trying to be legalistic, but by studying that, then we can get a, a good scriptural foundation for uh, uh, why we're doing what we're doing. So let's turn over to Matthew or Mark chapter 11. Uh, we started out with the prayer of faith, and that's really a good place to start because it's probably the most used prayer of all your prayers uh, that you may do. And so the prayer of faith is used to obtain uh, things that we have need of in our lives. And so here in, in Mark uh, chapter 11, it says in verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Of course, verse 22 said, had faith in God. So uh, whether you're doing verse 23 or, or 24, it still requires faith. Now, verse 23, there's no communication with the Lord uh, the Father in heaven uh, for uh, what you're doing in verse 23. You're speaking to the mountain. So it, it is uh, a type of, of uh, uh, faith here, but it's really faith in uh, the authority of the believer. So it's your faith that the Lord has granted to the church authority to operate in this earth. And as, you, as it's necessary, you will use the authority that's backed up by the name of Jesus and execute a change in your circumstances on the earth. Now, there's no request to heaven to do that. So uh, really, all you have to know is what's the will of God? Is the will of God for you to remove that mountain? Uh, and if it is, then, then you speak to the mountain. Who does the speaking? Uh, you do the speaking, right? So you do the speaking. Who does the moving? Well, God will do the moving, right? And so it's a, it's a um, uh, team effort, right? Uh, so we do the believing and we do the speaking and God does the doing and does the moving. Uh, and that's really the partnership that the Lord has chosen to establish on the earth in the New Testament that we are the ambassadors of the Lord, the, the, uh, um, 
representatives of the power of God on the earth. And we are the carriers of the power of God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And everywhere we go, we carry the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that created the universe and all the planets and stars. That power lives in you, uh, and it has great potential to operate in the earth. And, and then our job is, as we have faith and it's necessary, then we speak to the mountain. So uh, in this case, uh, does it specify what the mountain is? Uh, it doesn't specify what the mountain is, and it doesn't specify what realm this mountain resides in. So uh, is it limited only to spiritual things? No, because does it say, whoever shall say unto the spiritual mountain? doesn't say that. So does it say, uh, whosoever shall say only to this natural mountain? doesn't say that either, so it's not limited to natural things. Uh, so it's, there's no limit really to, to the uh, uh, operation of faith here except that the general principles of the Word of God that uh, we do things by the will of God. So can you know the will of God? Well, the Bible says we can know the will of God, right? Several scriptures talk about you can know the will of God, so it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, you, don't, you don't try it, and if it moves, then it was the will of God. That's backwards, right? We only move by the will of God. So, uh, and, and a lot of people will get that backwards, and a lot of people will live that way, that they'll try something, it doesn't work, well, therefore, it wasn't the will of God. Uh, and th that's not really how the Lord wants us to operate. We are uh, children of the Most High God. He is willing. I mean, he told Abraham that, shall I keep this thing from Abraham when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And Ab Abraham didn't live there. Now, Lot lived there, but, but that was his only connection to Sodom and Gomorrah. But, you know, Abraham was still on the earth as God's covenant man. And so the Lord decided, you know, well, I'm not going to do something on the earth without first telling my covenant man, uh, Abraham. Well, if he'll do that to someone who is uh, not born again, not a child of God, you know, he was righteous in the sense of by faith, according to the word of God, but he wasn't a child of God. You are actually a child of God. And why would he withhold something from you that he would show to somebody who's not his child? So, uh, we operate by the will of God, and, and if we know that it's the will of God for the mountain to be there or not be there, then we exercise faith. Uh, but then he comes down to verse 24, and, and verse 24 really is the prayer of faith. Therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So how many times is the word if found in verse 24? It's not any, right? So, you know, the simple reading of the word of God is usually sufficient to understand what it means, right? And this is not a hard, there's no... Are there any $64 words in this verse here in verse 24? You know, there, there's no $64 words in there, right? They're all pretty much, you know, uh, 50, 59 cent words there. So we can all understand these words. It says, therefore, I say what things so of you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and what you shall have them. So uh, is there any wiggle room for the Lord to decide not to give it to you? Well, I just don't want to give it to you. Uh, did he say, you know, believe that you receive them and maybe you'll get them? Sometimes, 50-50, you just never know. Uh, but how many times do we say things like that? Well, you just never know. You, just, you know, well, God's ways are higher than our ways, which is a true statement, but we use that as, a, as an excuse to be in doubt and unbelief many times. Uh, and so he said, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So there's really no wiggle room because this is the prayer of faith. So the prayer of faith, uh, in fact, uh, uh, let's, let's uh, uh, look at a, a couple other verses here. Um, yeah, well, let's turn over to 1 John chapter 5. We've got a couple of things that we want to look at in, in regards to this. So 1 John chapter 5. 
And, and I like these verses that we look at here because they start giving some insight about um, what are some scenarios where maybe we did pray and we didn't get what we asked for. Does that ever happen? Well, I mean, for some folks, it does happen, right? Uh, and so uh, most of the time, in fact, it's pretty rare that I ever hear anybody take personal responsibility for, the, for lack of answered prayer. Well, God decided not to give it. It must not have been the will of God, you know. God changed his mind or, you know, God's got something better for me or whatever it is, right? But let's see, see what the word of God says here. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. So this, this right here would do away with ever saying if. Because if you say, well, you know, if God wants me to have it, so do you have any confidence? Well, I don't really have any confidence because I don't know. You know, I don't know if he, if, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me, but he may not want me to have it. So do you have confidence that you're going to get your prayers answered? Well, you, in that scenario, you won't have any confidence at all because you're just rolling the dice, right? You don't really know if it's the will of God. But, he, but that's not what the Word of God says here. The Word of God says, and this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So uh, if that's true, then, then the opposite would be true. So if you ask anything not according to his will, then he's not going to hear you. So that, so that starts giving us some insight about maybe some of the things that we can adjust in our lives, right? But then he continues on in verse 15. And, and if we know, so now there is the, the if there, but that's not in relation to uh, getting the, the answer or not. But if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So I, I like the, the strong word, we know. So do you know? Do you know that God hears you? Do you know that you have the petitions that you desire of him? See, is it real to you? Uh, that's the prayer of faith, right? The prayer of faith is it's real to me. I know that what I'm asking for is the will of God. And it's just as real to me done as it will be when it shows up. Uh, that's the prayer of faith. No if in there at all, right? But uh, if we look in, in these verses, are there any requirements on our part as we pray? Well, I mean, it says right there that this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, what? According to his will. So now we have a requirement here that, that before we ever pray, we need to know whether or not it's the will of God to obtain this thing in our life, to move the mountain, to get the job, to, you know, to buy this thing or whatever it is, to sell this thing, whatever that your, whatever that, that your prayer is, whatever that you have need of, is it the will of God for you to have that? And so that's really a prerequisite before you pray. Before you pray, you should know whether it's the will of God. And, you know, Colossians 1, 9 says he can fill us with the real knowledge of his will. Ephesians uh, 5, 17 says to be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we have the capacity, according to the word of God, to know the will of God. So that's really, in my observation, that, that point right there is the failure of most prayers, is not knowing whether it's the will of God for you to obtain or to move the mountain or to do whatever it is that you need to do by faith. Uh, and so the, the way that we operate many times is we just throw it out there. And we throw it out there, and if it sticks, well, then it was the will of God. If it doesn't stick, well, then it must have not been the will of God, right? Is that what it says? It says, pray and see if it happens, and if it does, that's God's will? No, it says, if we ask anything according to his will. So the, according, the, the will part should be known prior to the asking. And really, uh, uh, in, in our cases, we should be, uh, if, uh, and it, we'll go back to a little bit more about the prayer of faith,
But prior to us asking, we should be finding out what the will of God is. Now, here's the thing about the prayer of faith. There's two aspects of the prayer of faith that are helpful. One is, uh, according to, uh, if you look at back at Mark 11, uh, 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So it doesn't really say that we're asking. It says we're praying. So, you know, we are talking to the Lord, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a request because if it's covered in the word of God already, uh, then there's no request necessary. Lord, please do what your word says. He already said he would do his word. He said, you know, he hastens to perform his word, right? He says he does that. So uh, the prayer of faith, if the word of God covers that specific uh, situation, then the will of God is already known, right? So, for example, of course, we know around here because we have healing school every Sunday um, that it's the will of God to heal our bodies every single time. There's never an exception, right? Not a single exception ever from God's side, right? Now, sometimes our actions, our lifestyle, what we're doing, maybe some things we haven't repented of, whatever it is, could hinder God from from uh, blessing us with healing. But that's not on God's side. That's on our side. His will and desires always to heal. Uh, and that's really the case for most of the word of God. Right. Uh, what does second Corinthians one twenty say that for all the promises of God are in him? What? Amen. Yes. And him. Amen. Unto the glory of God by us. So uh, what's the will of God for every promise? It's yes, right? That's the will of God for every single promise. Are there any exceptions? Well, he didn't say there's any exceptions. He said all the promises of God are in him, yes. So uh, we, we have to start out with what's the will of God. So if the word of God covers it specifically, then really what we're doing in the prayer of faith is we're really just confessing that the word of God is doing that thing in our life. So, for example, healing is a good one because we know how many scriptures about healing, you know, uh, I am the Lord that healeth thee, right? By his stripes you were healed. Uh, he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. Amen. He sent his word and healed us. Uh, so you can go through all the different scriptures of healing, and they all say the same thing. It's a done deal. It was done at the cross. He paid for it at the cross. He, he shed blood at the cross. He took the, the pain and agony on our behalf at the cross to purchase our healing, among other things, right? But also our redemption from sin and those types of things. But uh, as far as... Healing, it's a done deal. So really, I mean, sometimes we ask the Lord to heal, but really, uh, you know, you don't see any examples in the word of God where uh, there was a request for healing uh, in the Gospels or in the book of Acts. All of it is uh, look on us, right? Well, Peter and John said at the, gate, at the man at the gate, beautiful, look on us, silver and gold have we none, but such as, such as we have, give I you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So they didn't stop and make a request to heaven, right? But it, it, it really is, in the sense of prayer of faith, uh, in that case, it's really more of Mark eleven twenty three 23 in the exercise of the authority. But for you personally, when you're dealing for something in your life, uh, in the area of healing, you can use the prayer of faith and just declare, I am healed because that's the will of God. It's already known. And so you're just declaring that it's going to operate in your behalf. But there are other things that are not covered in the word of God. Uh, that you don't know the specific will of God for your life uh, except by the Spirit of God. So you've got two job offers. Uh, you need a job. You've got two different jobs to, to pick from. Which one should you believe God for? Is there any book, chapter, verse that tells you which job to believe for? There's no book, chapter, verse. So you have to uh, discern what the will of God is in that situation. And you do that by the Spirit of God. You do that in prayer. Before you, do, you pray the prayer of faith, you pray the, the prayer of Lord Please show me 
uh, what your will is in this circumstance. And then once he shows you, well, I want you to have job A, then you can use the prayer of faith. Say, well, Lord, then, then my desire is to, is to obtain job A. Uh, and I'm believing that you're going to do that. And as far as I'm concerned, it's done, right? Because of Mark 11:24 says, what things shall we desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them. So, Father, it's the will of God for, you, for me to have this job by your spirit. And so I just declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. Uh, and, and, you, and so you're believing that it's already done before it arrives. Uh, now, have you ever missed it? You ever, got, you ever thought it was the will of God and it wasn't the will of God? Well, sure you have, right? Uh, well, I mean, if you're breathing air, you probably have. Uh, some of you may be, you know, just perfect. I don't know. But, um, you know, uh, if you are, please, you know, let's switch jobs, right? Because <laughs> I'm in the wrong job. Uh, but, uh, you know, more than likely, you'll probably miss it sometime. But one thing that's always helpful to do is make sure that regardless of what you think the Spirit of God is telling you, number one, always judge it by the Word of God. Is there anything that the Spirit of God told you that you think you heard the Spirit of God tell you that would violate the principles of the Word of God? Uh, either a specific verse or, you know, a general principle, right? Uh, and so, you know, I've had people tell me that, well, I signed a contract, but the Spirit of God told me not to, not to fulfill my requirements on that contract. Would the Spirit of God ever tell you to violate your word? He would never would, right? But they'll just say, well, the Spirit of God told me. I mean, just adamant, you know? And it's like, well, he doesn't do that. He doesn't tell you to, you know, he said, swear to your own heart and change not, right? So be careful what you sign, because if you sign it, you know, now, uh, I remember one uh, wisdom that uh, uh, it was uh, uh, Willie George said years ago, one of the things that me and Chris have, have, have leaned on along all, all these years we've been married. He said, you know, you're never out of the will of God just looking into information. It's only until you sign it is, is you need to know the will of God. So, you know, sometimes people won't go look at a house. Well, I don't know if it's the will of God for me to have the house or not. Well, go look at it. You know, you might not know until you get there, right? Remember what he told uh, Abraham, he said, you know, I've heard that there was sin. He said, I had to come down and see if there was, if it was so about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, did God not know? Well, of course he knew, but sometimes you just got to go see and you won't know until you go see. So go see, go, go do the interview for the job. Go, you know, uh, check out the house, go check out the, the people or go check out, you know, go on a date or something, you know, I mean, well, God's just going to show me my, 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 um, my spouse, you know, and we're just going to, you know, she's just going to appear to me and we're just going to be you know, married instantly. Well, you know, uh, okay, you're, you're just a lot more spiritual than I am, right? Uh, now, you know, you don't go sleep with them and, you know, go do that kind of stuff to try it out that way, right? That's a little excessive and, and, and violates the word, of, the word of God. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to just go out and have a cup of coffee with somebody, you know, and, uh, and so you do whatever you want to. I mean, I don't care, right? It's none of my business. You, you do whatever, you, whatever works for you. But you'll know. So, so your goal is to discern the will of God prior to you believing. Uh, and, and sometimes you've got you've to kick some tires or go test drive the car. I remember one time I was looking for a particular car. And, you know, of course, uh, with the Internet nowadays, you can find out exactly what you want. You know, I want this right here and I want this feature and I want that feature. And, and I'd picked out the model car that I wanted, you know, and all the features that I kind of wanted on it. And you can just say, show me every car in the world that... that beats all these criteria and i found one it was somewhere i think in north carolina five or six hours away and and so that's always a good excuse for a road trip right let's go do a road trip so me and me and uh, in fact it was me and mr jerry went on a road trip let's go let's go look at this car and so we got there and um, um sure enough it was there it's in great shape you know just everything i wanted and we drove it and it drove fine you know and and um jerry said what are you gonna do i said i'm not gonna get it well why not just 
just down here in my spirit. It's not the right car. Well, how come? I don't know. Did he tell you anything? No. Did he show you that the engine was going to blow up when you drive off the parking lot? No. Just there's an unction, right? There's the, the Spirit of God, generally speaking, will lead you as an unction because that's the highest level of faith that's required. If he just appeared to you in an open vision, don't buy the car. Well, it doesn't really require a lot of faith for that, right? It would be nice if he did that for everything, but he just doesn't do that, right? Because he wants us to walk by faith. So we got back to the, to the, to the office there, and the guy said, well, you're going to buy it? Nope. Well, why not? Is, is there something wrong with it? No. Is, is there a feature that, that you were wanting that's not on the car? No. Uh, th- does it have everything you're looking for? Yeah. He said, well, why are you not going to get it? It's just not the car. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to explain to, you know, some guy that I don't know, you know, well, the Spirit of God, you know, gave me an unction that this isn't the right car because, you know, uh, maybe you do that. I don't know. But, um, you know, if the Lord told me to, I, I, I wouldn't care to do it. But most of the time, I just, you know, I'm not going to be a name dropper. And, well, this God told me not to buy this car. Uh, but because he didn't really tell me it was, you know, to be technical about it. It was really just an unction. And the guy just scratching his head. He's like, well, you know, you drove all this way and you didn't buy this car. Yeah. Why? Because it's more important to me to be in the will of God than to have a car. Uh, and, and because does the Lord know the end from the beginning? Sure. So uh, number one rule when you're going to buy a car, you've got to be able to walk away. Number one rule when you do anything. Before you sign on the dotted line, you've got to be able to walk away. If you can't walk away, don't ever go in the office, right? Because, you know, the sales guys, they know if they get you in the office, they got you, right? Oh, we got, you know, come on in. And, no, I'm, just gonna, I'm just looking out here. No, no, come on in. You know, they knew, as soon as you get in the door, they got you, right? Uh, and so uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's war between you and them, right? It, it's just a game. But, uh, and so, uh, you know, what, what's the most important thing is what's the will of God. And then once you know, once you know the will of God, See, then you can believe God. Then you can actually then execute the prayer of faith. Say, Lord, I'm, I believe that this car is mine and maybe you need some financing or maybe you've got to sell your car first or whatever it is that you need to do in order to obtain that. Then you apply the prayer of faith to that particular thing, right? Uh, now, does the Lord say it has to be a certain car or a certain color or a certain cost, a certain amount, uh, you know, only American-made cars or only Japanese cars because they're, you know, better quality. Or, you know, does the Lord put any constraints on that? You know, for the most part, the, like, like uh, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, what things serve you, what? You desire, right? So he didn't say what, those th- what sort of things I desire. So there's a lot of things he's going to leave up to you. Well, Lord, you know, what color car should I get? Uh, I don't know. I mean, why would he answer that question, right? Uh, and so usually in that regards, he's going to he's going to know whether that's the right car for you or not, because, you know, like I said, there could be some malfunction with it. There could be something wrong with it. That's, you know, it's going to be a bad car. Uh, and um, uh, and, you know, that's not the car for you for whatever reason. And, you know, you don't have to know why. You just have to be obedient. If, if he gives you an unction, don't get that particular car then got to walk away. You have to be able to walk away. If you can't walk away, you'll never learn how to live in the will of God. You'll never learn how to uh, operate by the unction of the Holy Spirit because if you have to have the car or if you have to have that job or if you have to have that house, then what you're saying is, God, it doesn't matter what your will is, I have to do this thing. So then you're your own God, right? Uh, and how many Christians do that? I have to have it. I had to marry that person, right? Uh, and, I, you know, how many stories have we heard? I had to marry them. And then it turns out terrible, right? 
Well, I don't know why God hooked me up with that person. Well, that, you know, God didn't hook you up with that person. You hooked you up with that person, right? Uh, you know, people want to talk about what's going on right now, but let's back up to, well, how did we get here, right? What, what piece of paper did you sign that got you to where you are today, right? Uh, and so uh, be, be a little careful about that, you know, because um, uh, everything you are today, good and bad, is because of everything you said and did yesterday, right? Uh, and so, so the prayer of faith is uh, very helpful. So First uh, John chapter 5 starts giving some insight about maybe why we're not getting our prayer answered. And the reason why you may not be getting your prayer answered, is there anything on God's side that he's changing his mind? No, the only variable is whether or not you're praying according to his will. That in this particular verse, this is the only thing that could cause you not to get your prayers answered. Uh, but it also says that if you know that it's the will of God, it's guaranteed 100% of the time he's going to give you what you ask for. Now, some people imply that that's greedy or that's selfish or that's, you know, that, that some, you know, you're a terrible person because you want God to give you things. Well, did we write this? Is this our words? Did, did we put the pen to paper thousands of years ago and say, you know, if, if we were God, this is what we would do? No, this is what God, specifically Jesus, the head of the church, wanted us in the church to know and to do. He requested us to do this. In fact, not really a request. It's a commandment, right? Uh, he's the one who wrote these things. He's instructed us. To, he wants us to operate this way and not, well, you know, if God wants me to have it, he'll, he'll know. He'll know. And, he, and if we want, he'll give it to me if, if he wants me to have it. So that's, that's removing all personal responsibility. You have no responsibility pushing everything on God. And that's just like going to your boss and saying, you know, boss, I know I've got to put out so many of these things every day, but, you know, I'm going to let you do that instead of me. And I'm just going to sit over there. And then, you know, if you want me to meet production, then, then you'll do that. Right? You'll go meet production for me because, you know, you're, you're such a loving, kind boss. And he said, well, well, don't just stop there to keep on going out the door, right? And just don't come back because that would be crazy, right? To, to make your boss do your job. Well, a lot of times people are doing the same thing with the Lord. They're making the Lord do their job. Well, uh, Lord, I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask because, you know, that's selfish. And I'm not going to ask for a big thing because, you know, that's really selfish. Uh, I mean, how big is a mountain? Pretty big, right? Can you imagine moving a mountain, right? Uh, I remember we had uh, uh, years ago, uh, we had this big red oak tree in our backyard. It was huge, right? It was just, you know, in my mind, it was probably this big, you know, but it was probably, I bet it was six feet in diameter or so. It was, uh, you know, a big tree, and it got pushed over one day. We had a little uh, micro tornado come through our neighborhood and knocked over a few trees and no damage to anything. It just, in fact, it fell in my vacant neighbor's yard, so um, no damage to any houses or, or um, telephone poles or anything, but it was a big tree, and so... I spent all, all summer long whittling on that with my little 12-inch chainsaw, and man, I was getting nowhere fast. I mean, I spent weeks, you know, I thought, I could, surely I can cut with this chainsaw, sharpen the blades, you know, and I'd cut a little chunk off it. Finally, I just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in some, you know, this guy get a real chainsaw. And so he brought in a, you know, 36-inch, you know, McCullough chainsaw and, you know, fired it up. And in one swoop, just it chopped, you know, I was, you know, just so wow, you know. Uh, well, so he, we got it all cut up and everything. Well, it was such a big tree, it left a huge hole. You know, it was probably half as wide of the sanctuary here. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, I'm going to go fill that in. So I get my shovel, I go out there, I start shoveling dirt. 
man, I'm, I could still be there today shoveling that dirt. Uh, I mean, it, and it was, you know, it wasn't a mountain. It was just a hole, you know, about 20 feet or so because all the roots pulled up and everything in diameter. So uh, I'm always looking for an opportunity to go rent something big, right? So I went and rent, uh, rented a bobcat and pushed all that dirt in there and it took care of it in no time. But, you know, that's just a little thing. But just think how big it would be if it was a mountain. You say, yeah, well, go move that. Go move that thing over there, right? You know that, that, uh, that, that bridge they're building up on the north side of town, right? They had to go move all that dirt from that one lot over there, you know, over to build that, that, uh, that bridge there. And they probably, I mean, it's probably hundreds of truckloads of dirt. And it's still a mountain there. I mean, you know, it's got a dent in it, but it's still, for the most part, still the whole mountain that's there, right? Uh, and, and so a mountain is a big thing. Uh, you, you know, whenever I hear people try to put limits on God, I say, well, you're the one putting the limits on God. God didn't put any limits on his word. He said the mountain. He said whatsoever things you desire. He didn't say whatsoever little things you desire, whatsoever blue things you desire, what things you desire that's not too expensive as long as I can afford it, I'll be glad to do it. Uh, I mean, there, he's not put any constraints, constraints on us other than the will of God. Now, you know, in everything, you, you need to discern the will of God because your desire could be out of, out of his will, right? So, Lord, I want the biggest car in town, the flashiest car, so people can see me when I ride down in style, right? Well, you know, you want to, be, you want to obtain some glory by obtaining this car, you're already out of, out of the will of God, right? So, uh, so some of those things are for you to judge. I can't judge that, you know? Now, if you told me, you know, I want to be able to have bragging rights on the most expensive car in town, well, okay, then God's not going to help you do that. You'll have to do that on your own. Uh, you know, that some things are kind of obvious there, but, uh, but we're in First uh, John. Turn back over to, to the book of James, chapter 4. So who's the book of James written to? It's written to the church, right? It's written to us. Aren't we in the church? Uh, and he says, verse 1, from whence, comes, uh, from whence comes wars and fightings among you? <laughs> you know, this is written to the church, right? You ever seen a church where there's wars and fightings going on in church? Uh, I think uh, uh, Ms. Vicky, you were telling me some deacons were getting in fights, you know, and stuff, fighting out and brawling out in the parking lot, you know. Let's uh, uh, Welcome to church, right? <laughs> You know, if you didn't have people to deal with, everything would be fine, right? So was, uh, as soon as you get people, uh, then things get, get interesting, right? So wars and fightings among us in, in the church. Uh, uh, and uh, th- this message is not about that, but you could meddle right there for a long time, right? Uh, he said, uh, come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? So what's the root cause of all the warring going on in the church? Strong desires, right? Lust is not necessarily sexual sins. It's any strong desire. Well, I want the front seat. Well, I want the front seat. Uh, and and uh, I mean, you would, you would not believe how unspiritual people come, can become when we'd go to these big conferences, you know, like Brother Hagen Conference, and we'd put our Bibles down, and somebody would come move all of our stuff, and you go sit down right in the... And, and it's like, you know, that's just rude. You, know, you should have learned that in kindergarten, right? You don't want to move somebody's stuff. Did you skip all the kindergarten or something? And, uh, but, you know, wars. And, uh, and uh, I remember one time we were, we were helping with... Uh, uh, Brother Benny Hen was in Nashville, and so he'd asked some of the local churches. We were near Nashville to come and help do some ushering, and so we were there. And so we would direct people, you, you know, sit here, sit there, you know. Uh, and, and one lady, she said, I'm going to sit wherever the blankety blank I want to sit. Uh, and she, you know, cussing me as an usher. And I'm thinking, you know, you're here for the power of God to heal your body, but you're cussing the usher. 
how well is this going to work out for you? You know, I don't know. I'm not your judge. Now, God can have mercy, you know, and I'm, I didn't pray the Lord, you know, strike her dead or anything. Uh, but, you know, I still wonder about people, you know. And, and uh, so uh, why is James writing about wars and fightings among them? Because there's wars and fighting among them, right? Uh, and so uh, people sometimes uh, are amazed that there is wars and fightings in church, right? <laughs> and, but there is, all right? Uh, we will minimize that as much as we can, but, you know, we can't control everybody. Uh, and so he said, you lust or desire and have not. You kill and desire to have uh, and cannot obtain. You fight in war. Uh, and so, you know, all of these things are, are people fighting to get things, uh, fighting to get stuff. And one of the most amazing things uh, that I observe is what happens when somebody dies. Uh, and uh, I mean, you want to see carnality to the nth degree. You wait till somebody dies that has, you know, a nickel to their name. People will fight and, and claw and scratch and, you know, to get that nickel. Uh, and it, it's just the most amazing thing. The people that yesterday were raising their hands to God. I love you, God. You're so wonderful, Jesus. I want to do you do so much for you. I love you. You know, your love is in me. And somebody dies. I'm going to burn them all up and get everything myself, you know. Uh, and, you know, and it's just stuff, right? Uh, it's just stuff. It's all going to burn up in the end anyway, right? Uh, but why, why is verse 2 written to the church? Because it's going on in the church, right? Uh, and so fightings and killings. I mean, just, just watch, the, uh, watch the, at, at church meals when there's only one chicken leg left, right? I mean, people will fight, stab, you know, shank you, you know, for a chicken leg and, you know, uh, tell you, hey, look over there, and you look over there, and they'll steal your chicken leg off your plate, you know? I mean, it's just, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's as if nobody's ever making any more chickens again, right? Uh, well, they're making chickens every, every day, right? Uh, and so, uh, but then he says at the end of it, he says, you have not because you ask not. So, so now here is one reason why we don't obtain the things we desire, because we're not asking. You know, some people, they just, for whatever reason, their makeup or their personality, they just, they could not ask. They just can't ask, you know, for whatever reason. You know, maybe they can't muster up their faith or maybe they just feel so unworthy or maybe they just, you know, have tried it and never worked. And so why, why bother? You know, there may be a lot of reasons why that's going on, but that's the reason why. So guaranteed, if you're not asking, you're not going to get. So you know, one thing Brother Hagin used to say, and I always liked what he said, he said, I would rather believe God for 100% and get 50 than believe God for nothing and get all of it. Uh, and that's, you know, a lot of people, I'm not going to ask. Well, then you're going to get everything that you're, that you're believing God for, which is nothing, right? Uh, and so, so one reason then, so uh, you have not because you ask not, how much of that is God's responsibility? How much can you say, well, God didn't give it to me, you know? That's not that's not why God didn't give it to you is because you didn't ask. Right. So who, who's responsible for the failure of the end of verse two there? Well, that'd be me. Right. It wouldn't be God. And same thing over in first John. Uh, if you didn't ask according to his will, he never even heard you. So who's responsible for that? Well, you are. Is God responsible for that? God's not responsible for that. So what we want to make sure is as we go through this, this study of prayer, specifically the prayer of faith, is if there's any failure, where is the failure at? Uh, and so what we'll find, in case you didn't already figure it out, it's always on us, right? It's, it's always on me. It's never on God. So one reason I don't, uh, I don't have is because I'm not asking. And he said in verse 3, uh, you ask and receive not. So sometimes you are asking, but you're still not receiving. 
He said, because you ask amiss or ask incorrectly, right? Uh, and so uh, he said uh, uh, that you may consume it upon your own lusts. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what's he talking about there? Again, is lust talking about uh, a sexual sin? Well, it's not talking about a sexual sin. Uh, it's talking about uh, just a desire, right? A lust, just a strong desire. Uh, and so what do you have a desire for? We all have desire for things, right? I mean, we all want to have a, a roof that doesn't leak, right? A car doesn't explode, you know, food that we'd like to eat every now and then, right? Sometimes too much food, a whole box of donuts, not just a half a box of donuts, but a whole box, right? I mean, there's a lot of things we desire. Uh, and so uh, are we asking God for these things? Uh, but see, we, you can still ask and not receive because that's what he says. You, you ask and receive not. But where is the failure? Because you ask incorrectly that you may consume it upon your own lust. So, you know, a lot of times all, all we think about because we're human beings is me, 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 me. Right? We're not thinking about the person next to us. We're not praying for them at all because, you know, if I pray for them, then I'm not praying for me, so I can't do that. I, you know, I don't have time to pray for anybody else. I can only pray for myself. So sometimes we get very selfish, right? Self-centered and, and, and thinking about only our, our needs and our wants and our desires. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Even Jesus prayed for his own desires there in John chapter 17. Uh, but uh, what we have to decide here is um, what's your motivation? You know, are, are you just trying to appease your own flesh, right? Your own strong desires. And that's really what it's talking about is some fleshly carnal desire, right? Uh, Lord, you know, you know, I'm, I'm 80 years old. You know, I want to marry a, a 20-year-old supermodel. Okay, you know, I mean, that's great. But, uh, you know, uh, like Brother Randy said, whatever you obtain, you must maintain, right? Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, he was talking about machinery and tools, you know, but it works the same thing with wives and, you know, uh, spouses, right? So... Um, if you obtain the supermodel when, uh, when she's 20, then you've got to maintain her too. Uh, and so, and I'm sure she's not cheap. Uh, but, uh, you know, this verse is a good verse because uh, it's always a good test in your heart. You know, why do you want what you want? You know, because he, he, he said, whatsoever things you desire. So it's not wrong to want things, right? It's not wrong to want an, an improved life. It's not wrong to want a comfortable life. It's not wrong to want a satisfying life. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, only you can judge why is it that you want that, right? Why is it that you want that particular thing? Now, and it's, now some people, they're so afraid to make a mistake, well, then I just don't want, I don't want anything. Oh, I don't want any of these worldly goods. That's not true, because otherwise you'd be homeless and, and starving and, and naked, right? I mean, you want clothes and food and a shelter of some kind. So you do want some of the world's goods. Uh, so... Uh, you know, don't play those, those religious games of, well, I don't want any of the worldly goods. You know, for me, personally, I want all the worldly goods I can get. Because the more things I get, the more people I can help. The more finances I have, the more blessing I can be to other people. The more food I can buy, the more food uh, people I can feed. Uh, the more clothes I can obtain, the more clothes I can give to people. Uh, the nicer car I have, the more I can give people a ride. If my car is broke down all the time, uh, then, um, you know, then I can't help anybody. You know, it's funny because I, I was listening to somebody and, you know, of course, I don't I don't always correct people because it's not my job to run around correcting the body of Christ. But I do listen to people a lot of times. And this one fellow was just ranting, raving about the, the prosperity message. Right. Oh, that prosperity message is of the devil. It's of the devil. You know, uh, it's just it's just it's just so not uh, in the Bible. You know, there's literally thousands of verses about prosperity. Right. 
In fact, the very first thing that God did for Adam and Eve, he said he blessed them. Well, one of the, word, one of the definitions for blessed means to prosper. Uh, and so, but then in the same conversation, he started bragging about how, yeah, I needed this, and this person over here gave me that. I needed some money. This person gave me that. I needed this thing over there. This person bought me that. And, and, you know, and I didn't say anything, but I thought, well, you believe in everybody else's prosperity because the only way they could prosper you is if they were prosperous. You believe in their prosperity, but you don't believe in prosperity for yourself. And really what it was is he was lazy and wanted everybody else to do the hard work of believing God, and he can just you know, live off the slop over of everybody else's faith, right? And a lot of people do. They live off the slop over everybody else's faith. And you're always going to have baby Christians that do that, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're a 40-year-old baby Christian wearing a diaper, you know, it, it's going to look a little weird. You know, you go in there in the nursery in there, you want to jump up on the, on the changing table. To, you know, you're a little big for the changing table, don't you think, right? You go get the sippy cup, you know, you're a little big for a sippy cup, you know? I mean, if you can drive and you're shaving, you don't need to be using the sippy cup. It's just, you know, maybe it's just me, but, um, you know, we need to be careful about those things. So, so verse... Um, three here uh, that you may consume it upon your own lust so yeah, i remember uh, you know like i said we've been we'll we'll have been married for 32 years in august and i remember early on in our marriage when it, this verse became really uh, special to us because w- what i had observed even as a young uh, person just being married is that a lot of people will take all of their finances and consume all of their finances and have them all spoken for all the time so you bring home $100 a week. Well, I need to have my phone bill. You know, that's $20. My, you know, cable bill is $20. You know, my, my internet bill is $20. And, you know, my car bill is $20. And my insurance bill is $20. So after that's $100. So now you have nothing, right? So if Lord says, hey, I need you to give an extra $20. Oh, Lord, I, there's no way I can do that. You know, I've got to pay for this. I've got to pay for that. I've got to pay for that. Well, does the Lord care about you having this, this, or that? Well, he doesn't care. But if, if everything about you is only about you, you know, we're here on this earth to help everybody else out, right? And if everybody was helping everybody else out, we'd be okay as a, as a world, right? That's not really happening for the most part. But uh, So just be careful about, Lord, I want to get a bigger raise and a bigger this and a bigger that. I want more of this, more of this for me, 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 me. Uh, you know, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I think, Lord, if I can get this car, then it'd be a nice car and I can help people with this car. You know, every car I've ever owned, I think, Lord, I can... You know, this would be a good car I can help people with, right? I can drive them around and, you know, it, uh, um, I don't have one of those bumper stickers on my truck. Yes, this is my truck and no, you can't borrow it, right? Uh, you know, some people have that kind of sticker, right? No, you can't borrow my truck. Uh, and so, yeah, for some people, I'm not a fan of letting them borrow things. I let a fellow borrow a chainsaw one, uh, one time uh, and uh, he brought it back seven years later, seven years. And he brought it back and left a sticker on the chainsaw I said, Hey, I sharpened the blades for you. That took a long time to sharpen those blades. Seven years it took you to, you know, so some people are not a fan of letting them borrow stuff, you know, because, you know, uh, I mean, if I let them borrow it and it never comes back, then I'm pretty soon I can't let anybody borrow anything because I don't have anything, right? Uh, you know, so I don't have a law, but to some people I'm just not really excited about letting them borrow things, you know, and I let, I let uh, one fellow borrow a uh, book one time uh, that was hard to find and, and, and um, I said, hey, you done with that book? Uh, you know, um, no. Nah, uh, he, said, he said, I lost it. Can't find it. And it was like three years later, two, three years later. Oh, I found that book, you know. Well, yeah, thanks, you know. And, and I let another fellow borrow. Anybody remember cassette tapes, right, way back in the day? Uh, I let another fellow borrow a, a, a cassette tape series of a really great message. 
Uh, and, um, you know, he, he had it for a long time. Hey, uh, these were all different people, right? Uh, hey, uh, can I get that tape? He said, I, I don't have that. Well, you borrowed it. No, I didn't borrow it from you. Well, I know you did, you know, because you borrowed it. You know, these things are precious to me. And I remember that you borrowed, you know, it's not like I'm just making this up, you know. And uh, I never did get that back from him. I got another copy later on. But uh, so, so, so what are you, what's your motivation in, in obtaining things on the earth? Is it only about you? And what will happen if everything about in your life is only about you, you will find that, you're, that your ability to pray and receive is, is hindered because you, you ask amiss, you ask incorrectly. Lord, everything needs to be about me. And, you know, this may be news but to people, but there are other people in the world besides you. You know, that may be new information. Some people don't know that. Really? There's somebody else besides me? Uh, you know, of course, I say that a lot of time. People do something that's really selfish, and I'll just say, hey, you know, uh, there's other people in the world besides you. Uh, and so, so, but again, on, on this verse, uh, if the issue is that you're, um, that you're asking amiss, is that on your side or God's side? It's on your side, right? Yeah, if you're asking for things that, you, that so that only that you can consume it upon your own lust, is that on your side or God's side? So if you're not getting the prayer answered, is that on your side or God's side? Did God even tell you no? Well, according to back to, to 1 John chapter 5, it's not that he told you no, it's he never heard it to begin with. It never rises to the level of getting to heaven, right? It just noise in the atmosphere, right? Uh, and so... Uh, so it's not God telling you no. He's not deciding because his will is always the same. The answer is always already yes before you even get there. You're just using your faith to obtain the things that he's already promised you or that you desire uh, with the correct attitude. So is it better to just not ask? You know, to me, it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. Well, I'm just not going to ask then. Because a lot of people just they, they, they have that. Well, I'm just not going to do it then. Well, number one, that's selfish because you're here to help other people. And, if, and uh, just like that one fellow, he didn't believe in prosperity, but he believed in everybody else's prosperity. So that means that he is a, a weight for everybody around him, right? He is a taker only. He's not a giver. He's a taker only. Uh, and we're supposed to be givers, right? We're supposed to be want things so we have to give. And, you know, I'm just never afraid to give things away. Uh, you know, my, my philosophy is just a philosophy, but you know, if I haven't used it in six months, I can give it away because... Uh, I haven't used it in six months. And, uh, and if I need another one, I'll just go buy another one, you know, because if I give, it'll be given unto me, right? So I'm just not afraid to give. Some people just, you know, uh, I'm, I've asked to people to borrow things and they hadn't used something in 20 years. Hey, can I borrow that? No. Why not? I'm saving it. What are you saving it for? You haven't touched it in 20 years. Yeah, but I might need it. That's just fear. A lot of people are driven by fear. Well, I, you know, I might need that. You see those hoarder shows on TV, right? Driven by fear. Right? I can't give that away, you know. I mean, we, uh, when we moved, we gave away so much stuff, sold so much stuff, even a few things. If you ask, you know, my son over there, you know, we, we should not get rid of, you know, but, uh, uh, but, you know, I hadn't seen anybody touch it. And, you know, get it, move it, move it out, you know, move it out. But we gave away so much stuff, you know, good stuff, right? We didn't give away junk, you know. Uh, we would donate things, and, and um, we did sell a few things there. Uh, but I'd just rather give it to people because it's just, just easier to give it to people if they can use it, you know. Um, and, and what are you going to do with that extra nickel or dime or, you know, something like that? So, um, so uh, both in, uh, it, well, if you go all the way back to uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, then um, if your desire is not correct, 
then uh, then you're not going to get your prayer answered, right? So who is that side on? It's on you, right? On uh, in James ch- or in First John chapter five, that uh, uh, if you don't ask according to His will, then uh, He doesn't even hear you. So whose side is that on? It's also on your side, right? And James here, he said, if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. Well, whose side is that on? It's on your side. He said, if you ask but ask amiss. Or ask incorrectly. Uh, you're still not going to get it. Whose side is that on? So I mean you have to come to the conclusion. That if there's ever a failure in prayer. And receiving the answer to prayer. Whose side is that on? It would have to be ours right? Because have we read any verse that says. Well you know God takes your request under advisement. And then when the prayer committee gets together in heaven. Uh, they, they, uh, they take a vote. You know, usually just, uh, uh, you know, up or down vote, yes or no. Uh, should we do it or not? Nah. Okay, we're not going to do it. Uh, is there any, any verse like that implies that God is deciding no? No, in fact, every verse, uh, you know, John uh, 15, 7, right? says, uh, in fact, let's turn over to John because I, I want to read um, a verse there. Well, actually, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's in John. Uh, let's read. We've got just a couple more minutes there. And John, uh, of course, we know this verse here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 5, John 11, John 13. Sneak up on it, right? So in John 15, 7, uh, he said these famous words, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will and shall be done unto you. So uh, if you do everything on your side... Uh, is it 50-50 chance that God will do it for you? No, it's a, it, what, what percent chance will God do it for you if you do everything right on your side? Well, I mean, according to what the Word says, it's 100%, right? And, you know, I've had people accuse me, well, that's, you're preaching false hope. You know, false hope in that, I didn't write this, right? Uh, so Jesus is lying or tricking us if it's false hope, right? But uh, how many requirements do you have on this verse? Well, you've got a few, right? The first one, if you abide in me. So that's you. Who's responsible for abiding in Jesus? Well, you are, right? Is he responsible for you abiding in him? No, you're responsible for doing that. Uh, And his words abide in you. Well, who's responsible for doing that? You are. Uh, And he said, uh, and the next thing, uh, and you shall ask what you will. So who's responsible for asking? So you are. So. Uh, what if you're not abiding in him? Well, you know, I just, you know, take it or leave it. You know, uh, sometimes I do what Jesus says. Sometimes I don't, you know, uh, is he going to answer your prayer? No, uh, because you're in violation of the, of what the word of God says. What if you don't have any idea what the word of God says? You don't even, I don't read the Bible. It's too complicated. You know, it's too hard. So many words, you know, all these books, you know, what's, what's all this stuff, right? Who's ever heard of Habakkuk anyway, right? Who reads stuff like that? Uh, I mean, if that's your attitude about his words abiding in you, uh, can you ask what you will? Well, no. Who's responsible for having his, putting his words in you? Well, you are. So if there's a failure, whose side is it on? Well, you, it's on your side, right? Uh, and then, if, well, I'm just not going to ask. Well, that's a guarantee right there, right? So in this verse, you've got three requirements, three responsibilities. God's got one. He's always got the hardest one, right? Because the doing is always harder than the asking. Uh, but... It, if you, let's say that you did do all these things, right? Well, I've done all these things. I have abiding and I've got his word and I've asked. Uh, then uh, will he always do it? He said he'll always do it, right? So the answer is yes, he'll always do it. So 
so the question for us is, if it doesn't happen, then we should start backing up and going and buying a bigger mirror, right? Now, it could be that, you know, there, there's always two aspects of the will of God. There is the actual aspect of the will of God, but it's also the timing of the will of God. So sometimes it's, it is important to find out when these things should happen. Uh, and, and if the Lord has a timetable, so sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he's just waiting on us, right? So you, that's part of discerning the will of God. And you should do that prior to you praying, right? And so uh, we're in John uh, chapter 15. Uh, just turn over to, cha- to verse chapter 16 there. So what's, what's uh, some of the fruit then? I'm going to look at two, two aspects of the fruit of the prayer of faith here. It says here in verse 24, Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Of course, we talked about that as far as prayer goes, that we always, we always pray to the Father, right? In the name of Jesus. Hither you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall what? Receive. Ask and maybe you'll receive. Ask and 50-50. Ask and I'm really kidding. I'm not going to do it anyway. Uh, no, ask and what? You shall, right? So you can't get any stronger uh, uh, statement than you shall, right? It's not maybe, it's not iffy, it's shall. It's a strong word. It's a definite article there. You shall receive. But what's the result of that at the end of that? That your joy may be full. So now, uh, what is joy? Do we know? What's Galatians chapter 5 say that joy is? It's love, joy, peace, right? Long-suffering. So joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Joy is a result of some prior action of faith because it's a fruit it's a result right fruit is a result of some prior action right we all know the stories of the birds and the bees right uh, uh, you know even an, an apple on a tree has to be pollinated right so prior to be producing fruit uh, an action of of a bee has to come and pollinate that tree uh, and the same thing with joy joy is a fruit of your faith so it's not you don't obtain joy directly well lord give me joy you got to ask for things and when you obtain them, then you get the joy. Uh, so fruit is not something you obtain directly. In fact, none of the fruits of the Spirit should you pray for directly. Lord, I, I want this. Fruit has to come through some prior action of faith, right? So in this case, uh, just you receiving as a result of your prayer of faith will bring the fruit of joy in your life. Now you know why so much of the church is unhappy and grumpy and, you know, grump, Mr. Grumpy Pants, right? Just sad all the time, right? a long face and why is that because they're not doing what john 16 says to do john 16 says if you pray and receive right so it's not just the praying it's the receiving is what gets the joy now so that's one of the fruits of the spirit turn over to uh, philippians chapter 4 and then we'll, we'll finish up there and so in philippians chapter 4 let's start in verse 6 it says be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made known unto God. Uh, and so uh, now the, the amplified version of that says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, you know, you just can't help worrying. Is that what it says? Well, no, it says, in fact, it says the opposite of that, right? Well, you know, I just, I just can't help. I'm just, wor- I'm just worried to death. I always love to hear that one. Actually, I don't love to hear that one. I'm just worried to death. Really? Wow, that's a tough road to hoe right there. You know, it's, it's, uh, 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 it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Well, how is that even possible? Well, it tells you how that's possible. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, 
a definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Now, that's the amplified version of that, right? Um, and so did we get all that right? Um, continue to make your wants known to God. So that's a prayer of faith, right? You're believing God. You're asking God for something there, a definite request, right? That's a prayer of faith. So what's the result of the asking in faith? He said in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what's peace? What's Galatians chapter 5 say? Love, joy. What's the next one? Peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Fruit comes as a result of a prior action. So one of the fruits of... Now, this, this, in this case, the peace comes because of the request. In John 16, the joy comes because of the fulfillment of the request. So the order of events will be you, you, you're in faith, you're in the will of God, you make a request, peace comes, you receive the request, joy comes. So that's a pretty good deal, right? So how many people, Lord, just give me peace? People do that all the time, right? That's not biblical. You don't pray for peace directly. You do what the word says, and peace is a fruit of or a result of you walking by faith. Uh, and really, you go through all the fruits of the Spirit, and they're all the same way, right? You, you obtain the fruits of the Spirit by doing some prior action of faith. And in this case, peace and joy. Well, how many people want peace and joy? Everybody wants peace and joy. Who's willing to do the work to get peace and joy? Well, Lord, if he wants me to be at peace, he'll give me peace, you know. Lord, just let me be at peace. Oh, they're at peace now. They're dead. They're not at peace. They're just dead, you know. In fact, we call it rest in peace. But, you know, that's, that's not how peace comes. Peace, you know, if you're asking, you're not going to be dying, right? So, I mean, you know, I don't have a problem. You say, well, they're resting in peace. That's great. You know, it's not really biblical. I mean, you know, it's a piece of the fruit of the Spirit, right? And so uh, that's another whole discussion there. But So peace and joy are fruits of the prayer of faith. Uh, and, uh, and now you know why. I mean, that should answer a lot of reasons why there's such little joy and peace in the church. Because so much of the church is, is unwilling to operate the prayer of faith and make definite requests made known to God. Uh, to not worry, not fret, or have any anxiety about anything. Uh, they're worrying, wonder if they're going to get it or not. Well, that's not the prayer of faith, right? Uh, and did anywhere that we read any time that the word if was used in any of these prayers? Not a single time was the word if used in the prayer of faith, right? And we will look at uh, cases where the, the word if uh, is uh, okay to use and is appropriate to use, but not in the prayer of faith, right? Prayer of faith is I have a specific request. I, I, it, I have checked to make sure that it's the will of God for me to have this request fulfilled. Then I ask it, believing that that request will be fulfilled absolutely every single time, no exceptions. And then I receive that. Uh, and by my asking to begin with, See, the peace comes because if you really believe these words, then what you ask, you know you've got it, right? Because that's what Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, right? So, Lord, I, you know, I need some protection or, Lord, I need a job. And you make that request. Are you going to wait until you receive the job before you're at peace? No, you, you're, you're in peace immediately because you know what the Lord, Lord's on it. He'll, he'll get it done. So there's no need to fret about it, worry about it, because you prayed. He's going to take care of it. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And then when you get it, man, I'm so happy I got that, you know. Joy comes, fills up my life. Uh, now, none of this is stuff is rocket science, right? And I mean, did we make up any of this doctrine? Did we, make, we just read what the Word of God says? 
we just put it together the, the way, you know, and they all fit together, don't they, right? None of them are in conflict with each other. There's none of these verses that, well, that says this, but that says that. They all say the exact same thing, right? And, and that's the thing I love about the Word of God is we, we read, I don't know how many verses we read tonight, uh, but we read a bunch of verses, and they all tie in the same story to the exact same process about the prayer of faith. Uh, and so uh, it really should bring joy and comfort to our hearts. So I can do that. Because you can do that, right? Just make sure you're, you're right with God before you ask. And then ask and believe. And then peace and joy comes. Uh, that'd be a pretty sweet deal right there, right? Um, so why don't we pray and we'll, we'll thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for giving us the right and the privilege, Father. In fact, it, it's not even a, uh, an optional thing. It's a, a requirement that you told us to ask, Father. And so, Father, we will endeavor in our hearts to do and follow the guidelines that you've given to us. Father, that, that, uh, that we abide in you and your words abide in us and we ask according to your will. And, Father, if we do those things and we ask, then we know every single time, Father, without exception, we can have those things we desire of you. Your word declares it to be so. And, Father, you've never lied and you've never uh, misled us. You've always told us exactly what you desire. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've kind of preached myself a little happy about all that. I, I just like, I like, I like these verses. And, I, and the thing that I like about this teaching on the prayer of faith is it's very specific. It's very clear. Uh, and uh, my responsibilities are well known. They're not, well, you just, I just don't even know what to do. Sure you do. Ask, right? Sure you do. Make sure you're not being selfish about things, right? Uh, pretty straightforward, right? So let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And so don't forget, we have um, prayer seven o'clock uh, this Friday night. Uh, and of course, then uh, we've got uh, regular church on Sunday morning and healing school on Sunday afternoon. And then uh, about, uh, let's see, two weeks from Sunday, Brother Randy will be with us. So looking forward to seeing him. Uh, so he'll be here then. So come ahead, Mr. Darren, and receive the offering. And um, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but I, I updated the uh, building uh, thing. I think we're down to just $11,000 on, on what we owe in the building there. So we'll get that paid off here in no time, won't we? Um, and so um, uh, did I tell you about the flood in the building? Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I probably checked on it. They started doing a construction last September, what, uh, two, three times maybe, you know. But I was coming by there one, one time uh, about two weeks ago. But, you know, I haven't stopped in a while. I just, you know, I just, since I needed to stop by, it wasn't really a, even an unction. It just, you know, uh, well, I'm going to stop by and see. And I walked in and water's pouring out of the ceiling. Just, well, you know, that wasn't part of the order. I mean, we didn't ask for a rainforest in the building or anything, you know, but just buckets of water pouring out of the ceiling. Uh, and so, <laughs> so I found the water meter, turned it off on the outside and called the contractor, said, hey, you know, we've got a flood over here. And he, he get, finally got over there, got it cleaned up. He said, you know, there was maybe, uh, uh, he used a shop vac to clean it up. He said, we might have got seven gallons of water out of that. And it was pouring by the bucket loads, you know. And so it must have burst that line minutes before I got there. Uh, and I hadn't been in there in probably months looking in there. And I just happened to walk in a few minutes after. And so there's no real damage, you know, other than the, the annoyance of having to clean up. The floors weren't hurt. You know, there, the cabinets in the kitchen hadn't been installed yet. Uh, the sheetrock wasn't damaged. Uh, you know, just a few ceiling tiles had to be replaced. And, um, you know, that was it. So 
You know, it's just, it's just nice that the, the Lord watches out for us. Because, you know, if I hadn't gone in there, it had done that for a day. could have been days, right, that that water would have just poured by the bucket loads. Because, I mean, it's basically a full-on tap, right? Some line busted in the, in the ceiling there. Uh, and so, and it wasn't really cold. It was just, you know, something happened, right? We don't know. I, don't, I haven't followed up with them to find out what they found on the repair of that. But um, it's getting close to being done. And um, we'll see what we do with that. Amen. All right, we'll go home and pray for stuff, right? Yeah. Ask for things uh, that we have need of, amen? Use the prayer of faith uh, and uh, have a wonderful week and you're dismissed.